Hello, everybody. My name is Dietrich Wingpole, and welcome to the Good Steward Podcast. I am excited and thrilled that we're continuing the Defining Moments series. In the previous episode, we examined 1 Kings chapter 19, and this is where Elijah experienced tremendous adversity to the point that he gets himself into a desolate place, experiences depression, and he wanted to end his life. It was from that moment that he experienced a defining moment where God asked Elijah a very profound question. And that question is, what are you doing here, Elijah? See, that question was trying to prune out, get something out of Elijah to the point that God reminded Elijah that, listen, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. And that's what Elijah did. As I mentioned before, we're continuing the Finding Moment series. And today, we're going to learn the Finding Moment where Jesus walks on water. I firmly believe that moment completely changed the trajectory, completely changed the experience of how the disciples view Jesus. <laughs> so what do, I, what do I mean? Of course, we're going to get into more detail. Now, I want to preface this conversation uh, by saying we live in a world where we have a skewed view of Jesus. Uh, if you were to look at the other faiths, such as Islam or any other religions, uh, they believe that Jesus is this cool dude, <laughs> this good moral teacher, but they totally neglect and deny his divinity. And I want to tell you something, too. Not only other religions have a skewed view of Jesus, but also Christians. Christians have a skewed view of Jesus. Some of us believe that Jesus is Savior. Oh, if I just believe in Jesus, I'm going to get to heaven. But some of us deny and neglect that Jesus is Lord in our lives. See, one of the most dangerous paths that a Christ Christian can ever walk is a path of self-sufficiency. What you're essentially saying to yourself, to God, is I don't need anybody else. My thoughts, my decisions are sufficient. And we totally neglect that Jesus is Lord, that he's sovereign. We totally neglect that whatever is revealed of who this Jesus is, it's a lie. That's what we are essentially saying to ourselves. So I challenge you that if you are experiencing and walking in the path of self-sufficiency, it's time that God works in your heart. It's time to get in the word and truly learn who this Jesus is. Now, I want to share with you the goal of this podcast. The goal of this podcast is that we don't miss that Jesus is Lord. We don't miss it. We don't. Today, we will read and examine Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. And again, I firmly believe this was the turning point, the defining moment, and how 
disciples view Jesus. Now, before we dive into scriptures, let's take a moment and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. We recognize you as Savior and Lord in our lives. We recognize that not only you are man, but you are God. Help us to truly see, oh Lord, what is revealed in the scriptures, what is revealed by the Holy Spirit, that you are God. We don't miss it. We truly don't miss it. It's my great hope that after this episode, our perspective of you changes. That we truly see that you are Lord over our lives. And we say this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned before, the focus scripture is Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Now, before we actually get into that these particular verses, I want to set the scene of Matthew chapter 14. So the series of events leading up to verses 22 to, 30, uh, 22 to 33, uh, this is where John the Baptist dies, right? And immediately after that, Jesus performs a miracle. He fed over 5,000 people. And then after that, he convinces his disciples to go to a town and Jesus set himself alone in a mountain to confide with the Father, to pray. Jesus does this throughout Scripture um, as a means to humble himself, uh, a period of reflection, a period where he glorifies the Father. So now, let's dive into Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33, and it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, Walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. It is I. It is I. Don't be afraid. You're wondering, why did I emphasize it is I? Because it is a cross-reference to Exodus Chapter 3, verses 14. And this is a little pop quiz. <laughs> what was that moment, that context of, or what was the situation in Exodus chapter 3? I want you to take a moment and answer either in the comment section or by yourselves. I, would, I want you to take like five seconds. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> this is where Moses encounters God. Uh, through a burning bush, and God calls on Moses to free his people by the hands of the Egyptians. And Moses was asking a bunch of questions to God. He's like, oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if this doesn't happen? What if this doesn't happen? What if this, you know? And I felt like it was a place of 
not curiosity, but reluctancy. Uh, there was this fear, this this concern uh, that Moses had, <laughs> that he constantly asked uh, God uh, a series of questions. And when Moses asked a question, if I were to stand before the Pharaoh, who do I tell the Pharaoh who sent me? Who, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Moses said that if I were to stand before the Pharaoh, what do I tell him to whom sent me? And God's response was, I am. I am. Whoa. So if we were to make this cross-reference from Matthew chapter 14 to Exodus chapter 3 verses 14, it is I and I am is the same, similar translation. And what, what does that mean? It means I will be what slash who I will be. Whoa. So what I am is saying is that God, Jesus, is eternal. He is the creator. He is unchangeable. And he is always, always trustworthy. He is a man who shall not lie. Jesus is always, always trustworthy. Trustworthy. He is always trustworthy. He is always sovereign. He is always a provider. He is always a healer. He is always the one who saves. He is always the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that was Jesus' intention of him saying, it is I, don't be afraid. That is very powerful, very powerful, because the disciples did not recognize who Jesus was. They believed he was a ghost. They missed him in the midst of the storm as they were navigating the boat. They were buffeted by the waves. And let's continue in verse 28. It says, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. Remember I said, this was a turning point of how the disciples viewed Jesus. This was the first time that the disciples recognized Jesus as the Son of God. This is the first time that she, that disciples recognized Jesus as God. This was the first time that the disciples recognized that Jesus is Lord. The first time. And that is very profound. Very profound. Because even though the disciples witnessed the miracles that Jesus performed, they missed out on who he truly is. They truly missed up. They viewed him as this wise man, this great teacher, rabbi. 
someone above him, someone, excuse me, they viewed Jesus as, as someone above them. But they did not view Jesus as Lord at the time. I truly believe that was a defining moment for the disciples. And you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? This wasn't the first time that Jesus calmed the storm. <laughs> this wasn't the first time now. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. And this is what it says. Then he got into the boat. And his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a fierce storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Oh, my gosh. Let's take a moment. Look at this comparison. Look at this comparison. In chapter 8, Jesus was on the boat. Disciples cried out to the Lord because they were experiencing a storm. In chapter 14, disciples were alone, rowing the boat, buffeted by the waves. They see Jesus walking on water and they mis mistake him, mistaken him as a ghost. Look at that comparison. Let's continue, let's continue. Verse 26, chapter 8. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Woo. Yo, I thought from that point, listen, if somebody can calm down the waves, command the waves to stop. From that, from that point, I would have said, listen, that this is more than a man. This, this is God. <laughs> the disciples missed it. They totally missed that moment. And you know what's crazy? You know what else is crazy? Ooh, ooh. The disciples in chapter 8 totally missed out on who Jesus is. They did not recognize him as Lord. They inquired like, what kind of man is this? Who commanded the waves to cease? Let's go further down in verse 28, chapter 8. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gerenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Whoa, let's pause right there. Let's pause right there. The two demon-possessed men recognize Jesus as son of God before the disciples did. You, This is crazy. The disciples are with Jesus every single day. Witness miracles upon miracles. And they did not recognize Jesus as Lord. They did not recognize him as God. But the two demon-possessed men recognized Jesus as God before them? Oh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's time to recognize that Jesus is Lord. It's time to recognize that he is God. 
It's time. It's time. We cannot view Jesus as this dope teacher. We cannot view Jesus as only this good man. He is God. He is sovereign. And we have to believe in what scriptures reveal of who he is. We have to. And recognize his divinity. He is the overcomer. He is the one who died for our sins and rose from the dead. Three days later, it's time to recognize who is this Jesus. If you do not know the Lord, it's time. It's time to dive deep into scriptures. It's time. I have a question for you all. In what areas in our lives we do not allow Jesus to serve as our Lord? I mentioned one of the dangerous paths that a Christian can ever walk is a path of self-sufficiency. is a path of not recognizing who Jesus is. We need to stop looking at Jesus as this cool guy. No. He's God. He's God. And we have to confide in him. Every decision we make, give thanks because who he is. Worship him. Some of us, we're experiencing. We're worshiping idols unknowingly. We allow social media to make decisions for ourselves. We allow books outside of the Bible make decisions for ourselves. We allow our intellect make decisions for ourselves. We allow the advice of our loved ones and friends to make decisions for ourselves. But truly, truly, I have a question for you. Do you confide with the Lord? Do you seek him for the decisions that you make? Do you take a moment in a moment of resting to praise him? Do you take a moment to meditate on his word? Do you take a moment to say to to yourself and to say to him, I trust in your promises. Life is hard right now, but I trust you. You don't forsake the righteous. You don't forsake children it's time to get to know who jesus is it truly is it is time it is time it is time like i said i challenge you to dive deep into god's word i challenge you to get into a community of believers who love jesus so that you will glorify and magnify his name i challenge you to glorify jesus in all areas of your life. I also challenge you for those Christians who say, who, who have these conversations with people of the uh, 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 people who are of the world. I challenge you to be more specific of the God you worship. Because we live in a world where people say, I believe in God. Which God? 
As Christians, you have to be bold. You have to say, Jesus, the name above every name, the most powerful name of them all, Jesus. So let's take a moment. Invite the Holy Spirit in. It's time to surrender your idols. It's time to surrender the path of self-sufficiency. It's time to surrender these things and seek Jesus as your Lord. Hallelujah.